Hi, and welcome to our new bite-sized or mini-podcast versions of the Room and Room podcast series. Look, these presented by uh, myself, Dr. Charlotte Westwood, are proudly sponsored by PGG Rights and Seeds. And essentially, our new bite-sized podcasts are designed for our smaller topics, as well as those of you who are always on the go and maybe finding it a bit harder to sit down and listen to some of our longer podcast series. So anyway, a short topic today, and what we're going to talk about is all about magnesium salts, often used as supplementary sources of magnesium for your dairy cows. So when we say magnesium salts, we'll specifically mention here the two key ones commonly used in the New Zealand dairy industry, which are, of course, magnesium chloride and magnesium sulfate. So what we'll do is we'll first define what these salts are, then we're going to move on to why you might choose to add magnesium salts into the feed of your dairy cows, or alternatively to add uh, one or other of these types of magnesium salts into the drinking water of your cows, uh, primarily through a metered inline water dispenser, or otherwise there might be the odd um, farm still using these salts to drench directly to dairy cows, not so common nowadays. Now the main or the key benefits um, of both of these types of salts, both mag chloride and mag sulfate, is of course that these products are soluble in water, unlike the more widely used product uh, magnesium oxide, which of course isn't soluble in water and is more often used as a direct feed additive uh, or sometimes to dust your pastures or your forage crops. Righto, well we'll kick this off and first we're going to talk about magnesium sulphate. Now when we talk about the form of magnesium sulphate that we feed to our dairy cows, its true definition for those chemists out there amongst you, it's actually magnesium sulphate heptahydrate, which just means that every molecule of magnesium sulphate um, is actually holding hands, if you'd like, with seven water molecules. So when we look at the chemical formula of mag sulphate, it actually contains magnesium, sulphur, oxygen and hydrogen. Now, with magnesium chloride, it's exactly the same. Its true defined uh, chemical name is mag chloride heptahydrate, same thing, that every molecule, molecule of uh, mag chloride is holding hands, if you'd like, with seven water molecules. So how much elemental magnesium do we find in each of these forms of magnesium salts? So that means how much magnesium do we have as a percentage of the weight uh, of like a, a kilogram of the magnesium salt? Well, let's pretend you've got 100 grams of mag sulfate sitting in a dish in front of you, and next to that we've got 100 grams of magnesium chloride. Now, if we look at the magnesium sulfate first, for every 100 grams sitting in front of you, uh, that will contain just under 10 grams of elemental magnesium. So the other way, of course, of saying that is mag sulfate contains 10% elemental magnesium. Uh, and of course, magnesium is the stuff that's the very reason that you're giving this product to your cows. So when we look at magnesium chloride, and again, 100 grams sitting in front of you, you'll have 12 grams of elemental magnesium and chloride, unlike the 10 grams of magnesium sulfate. Essentially, for every 100 grams of product, you will have more elemental magnesium in your chloride product than you will in 
your sulfate product. So if you're calculating the amount of magnesium that your cows need and that you're providing to them, and you define it on uh, the basis of elemental magnesium, both in your feeds and your supplements, you do need to take into account that mag chloride contains more elemental magnesium than mag sulfate. Aside from the amount of magnesium in the product, why would you choose mag sulfate instead of mag chloride? Or the other way around, why would you choose mag chloride over mag sulfate? Well, look, to be honest, often it comes down to personal choice. Perhaps you or your boss or one of your co-workers prefers one form of magnesium over the other, mag chloride or mag sulfate. But look, realistically, here in New Zealand, where uh, either of these two types of magnesium salts are used probably most commonly to add to or to dissolve into the stock water of our cows. Mag chloride is often the favoured form of magnesium simply because of that fact we mentioned before that you'll get more magnesium um, per every 100 grams or every 25 kilo bag in your chloride form of magnesium compared with your sulphate. And if, bluntly to be honest, if you work out the cost of magnesium per unit grams or kilogram of elemental magnesium, and let's say mag sulfate and mag chloride today were the same price, you're paying more per unit of elemental magnesium to buy magnesium sulfate than you are chloride. Depends on the price. Uh, sulfate may be more expensive or cheap, just it's a change on the day by day or season by season. So mag chloride probably is more commonly used for adding to stock water in New Zealand. But on the other hand, mag sulfate is preferred by some people because they reckon maybe it isn't as bitter tasting or flavoured for cows as mag chloride is. And the other feedback we've heard over the years is in some occasions mag sulfate, people feel that that dissolves a bit easier than mag chloride, but that comes down to flakes versus pearls and lots of other factors, how you dissolve it, you know, pre-dissolve before it goes into your inline water dispenser. Long story short, lots of personal choice out there, isn't there? Now, the other reason that some people might choose mag sulfate instead of mag chloride, um, or in fact use both together, is if you are looking for your Springer dairy cows to address not only their magnesium requirements as Springer cows before calving, but also if you follow the theory of uh, DCAD or dietary cationic anionic difference, because both of these salts. Um, are negative decad, which means they can address some of the high decad levels that we find in our New Zealand ryegrass dominant pastures. Of the two forms of mag, the sulfate form is more negative decad. It's more effective um, slightly at pulling the decad down than the chloride. But many of the homemade mixes or even the proprietary mixes that you can purchase here in New Zealand will often have both of the forms of magnesium, sulfate and chloride, mixed together typically mixed in with a tasty feed such as maize silage. The amounts of magnesium chloride and magnesium sulfate that you need to really make an impact on DCAD um, means that the rates you need to add are higher than what we can effectively do using it in the stock water alone. So do follow your uh, advice from your own veterinarian or qualified nutritionist about adding those two salts, magnesium salts, to your Springer cow diet. Um, in many cases, you will have put other anionic salts that are more negative decad than even mag sulfate. So quite often we might have three different or even sometimes four different types of anionic salts. Uh, but again, put that back to your own rural professional who knows your farm best. 
And while we're on the topic of adding magchloride or mag sulfate uh, to stock water, or feed for that matter, we need to be careful about the upper limits or maximum limits of how much of the mag sulfate and or mag chloride that we put into feed or water. We need to be careful not to add too much mag sulfate or chloride specifically to your stock drinking water or otherwise the water becomes too bitter and quite simply cows will back off it and they won't want to drink the stock water. Now, we don't like cows not drinking water because if they don't drink as much water as they need to support the needs of lactation, they will at the same time back off and reduce their feed intake, which is not ideal at any stage of a lactation, but it's particularly crucial that we don't do this um, through calving, particularly in early lactation. So if you see your cows actively drinking water in puddles um, or accessing water that may not be medicated with your magnesium chloride or magnesium sulfate, Please do check the inclusion rates of your magnesium salts in the water to make sure rates aren't too high. So just a, a cautionary tale there. The other thing, and it's happened on a few rare occasions where people have done homemade mixes adding mag chloride and quite often mag sulfate together to feed for springer cows before calving. If we get the maths wrong in terms of the inclusion rates added to your silage for springer cows, very high rates of these salts can actually make cows quite sick because they knock around um, the normal happy rumen microbes and uh, that can obviously uh, end up with things going not well for your springer cows. So again, rely on the appropriate advice with regard to inclusion rates. And then finishing up now, there is of course the laxative effect of too much magnesium salts. So when you think about it, magnesium sulfate is of course the name for Epsom salts. Now on one hand Epsom salts you may be familiar with them in uh, proprietary products or just buying containers of it from the, uh, the pharmacy and it's nice to add to your bath water to, to relieve sore achy muscles after a big day out and about on farm. That's a nice thing about Epsom salts or magnesium sulfate but remember if we drink or consume Epsom salts uh, yes there is a laxative effect so um, <clears throat> If you don't know what laxative is, you can always Google it. Anyway, for our cows, if we have inappropriately high levels of magnesium sulfate particularly, but also chloride, we can end up uh, with cows having very, very loose dung squirting out the back end. So if your cows are very loose and you think the magnesium inclusion rates in feed or water is too high, it's worth checking out. And finally, the other effect of well, all types of magnesium, including magnesium oxide. That'll be a topic of another um, short room and room bite-sized podcast another day, is that, of course, we can make the cows go very sleepy. And we talked a little bit more about that in our full-size podcast all about magnesium that you can go back and find earlier on in our podcast series. Anyway, that's us. This is the first of our new bite-sized Room and Room podcasts. For those of you that are very busy, too short of time to listen into our longer ones, or those of you that just need some easily accessible bite-sized bits of information about all things to do with ruminant nutrition, with of course our unashamedly New Zealand focus. Do let us know what you think about our first bite-sized short podcast. And if you like this, let us know and we'll be very, very sure to include more for you in amongst some of our longer podcasts that we'll carry on with as well. 
hit subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to this so that way you'll make sure you'll never miss another one of our podcasts. And importantly, if you like this, uh, shout out, give us a bit of support and uh, tell your friends to listen in as well. We'd love to have them along joining us too. In the meantime, have an awesome day out and about, whatever you're doing. Tune in again soon. Cheers. Cheers.